Hi, I'm Corey Baldwin. I'm Daniel Bowles. And I'm Dan Searle. We're back with a new season of Off the Beaten Path. This is a podcast, as you know, for basketball coaches, the ones living in obscurity, a couple on this podcast, working in obscurity, and even those who have made it out of obscurity. We loved hearing those stories. And it's a place for storytelling, learning, uh, connecting, reconnecting, food for thought, and my favorite part, food for the belly. Today, we're going to recap our favorite off the beaten path moments. We're going to talk about what's next, and we're going to go through our own version of the lightning round. Yes, yes, yes. And first of all, we'll catch up with the three of us on all uh, areas of Georgia and hoops and hear what's been going on and why we haven't gotten you an off the beaten path episode in the in the last couple, three months. Uh, well, basketball season's been going on. Corey, it's good to see you both. Great to have, well, three of us have rarely been on together. We usually kind of co-host separately, but what's the word, Corey? You had quite a season. Tell us and tell the listeners all about Hutch and the Hawks everywhere. <laughs> Hashtag Hawks everywhere. Got to know that one. Uh, great year for us. We ended up, uh, you know, finishing uh, 26 and 8. Uh, won uh, our conference tournament. Finished second in the regular season. Won the conference tournament. Uh, beat a team who had swept us during the year who was number one on their home court. Uh, it was a nice uh, you know, a nice uh, way to end the season. And then we headed off to the national tournament for the second time in three years. Uh, and we played Monroe out of New York, who's a regular. I think they have a hotel suite. They come pretty much every year, so they keep them one waiting. And uh, we played them. And unfortunately, we didn't win out there this year. But unbelievable trip, unbelievable journey, unbelievable season. A uh, lot, lot, lot of highs uh, in this season. We actually have our banquet coming up. Uh, Monday night and we'll recap them all so I got a lot of stats fresh I could bore you to death so I won't I'll just let you know it was a good year don't bore us to death with the stats but do tell us what it means man going to Hutch for a South Georgia Juco um, two out of three years is big time man man it's um, unbelievable you know this league at one time was owned by Georgia Perimeter and Atlanta Metro and everybody else was kind of just occasionally might break up the party and in the last six years, it's taken a big, a big change. Um, you know, uh, Central Georgia Tech went three years in a row. And then we went, South Georgia Tech went last year, and then we went. So in the last six years, it's been a lot of new, a new uh, kind of a new era for Georgia Juco basketball. And it's been unreal for us. We'll end up probably uh, in this uh, run right here. Uh, in a four-year run, we won 97 games. So we're the winningest uh, men's college basketball team in Georgia during that stretch, which we uh, like in to all, practice. In all divisions and classifications, right? Correct, correct, which is neat because we like putting it up there with Georgia, Georgia Tech, even though we never play them or never will. But, you know, uh, just kind of neat to show how, how good our run has been during this time. And then to go to the national tournament twice, junior college, only 24 teams go out of 300-plus. It's the hardest tournament to make mathematically. Right. So it's – you know, it's nice to brag about that as well. And then just knowing that every year we've been right there and, you know, these last two out of three to be able to get out there is great. And then the other thing that's cool is we've had, we had all American this year. Who's also going to play in the uh, coaches association uh, Vegas all-star game, which is uh, in conjunction with the Nike uh, coaching clinic out in Vegas. So that'll be, that's a, that's an unbelievable honor. It's our third guy to ever do it, but it's our first one in about, uh, let's see, since 2016. So kind of neat uh, honor for Carlos Hart, who's also uh, just signed with New Orleans. So kind of a neat run. And we'll end up with six Division One signees here in the last three years. Wow. Hey, I know Balls had some questions, but I'm going to ask one more here. And it's both vague but important. How do you do it? All right? You talk about 96 wins, the most in the state over that period of time. What What is the key to your success in your place? Uh, I think like anywhere, you know, players, being able to get guys that, that uh, commit not only to the quote, quote plan that I'm selling, but the the place that we're selling it at and, uh, you know, coming here and work, get better. And, you know, we have a lot of people involved. It wouldn't just be the players for sure, but they're the main, they're the main uh, reason. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that help their journey along the way, you know, people that volunteer, people that get paid, people that work other jobs, but help out here. 
so many things that go into it for sure. But, you know, the, the number one thing, we've just been lucky to have a lot of good players through some, uh, you know, hard work and some luck both. Right. They, they're not just uh, rolling in. You're going out and looking and talking and communicating that. So the message is loud and clear and uh, the Hawks everywhere continue strong. Got to love it. Good stuff. Congrats, Corey. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. I, I think from a, uh, from a high school coach's perspective and really for anybody, you know, everybody thinks of the spring and, and everybody's relaxed and, and filling it in. Talk about the, the puzzle of what you're doing now of trying to bring in kids and what you're looking for and just how challenging this can be at this time of year. And with, you know, all the, all the uh, repercussions, probably not the word, but you know, everything coming back from COVID with those extra years of eligibility, just talk about how crazy it is now in this whole recruiting space. Good question. Yeah. It's, it's real wild because junior college is always a little different because you're trying to help move guys on and recruit guys. So you kind of got both, both sides of the fence. Uh, but now doing it with COVID years still lingering in some levels, uh, it's almost faded out with us. This will probably be the last year we'll see any COVID guys, uh, but in JUCO, but we'll still deal with it with moving guys on. And then also, you know, now with the uh, portal, it's crazy. And used to, we might get two transfer calls in the whole summer here. Now, I know some of the Texas and Florida Jukes are a little different, but we may only get two transfer calls and maybe both of them we didn't even want to take uh, the call. But now it's like maybe two or three or four or five a day. And it's just changed. People, yeah, people want to transfer in and use JUCO to – because you can transfer one time without sitting out unless you graduate. You know, I don't want to bore you, but – Anyway, so a lot of them will use it if they're going to leave and they start seeing they're not getting the calls they want. They might, if they have a year to play junior college, they might do that so they can go down and still transfer again. So technically get three colleges with only one uh, transfer that they used, you know. So some of them will do that. So you get that and then you have to deal with that with your guys moving on. You know, a lot of guys, the portal day, which is a new holiday, I guess, on the map. Now we celebrate <laughs> March 13th, but it ends May 1st and a lot of, teams that used to would have their team set now might hold out a little longer and it trickles down to us you know guys trying to move on from our place might have to wait a little longer and guys we're trying to get might be telling us hold on we got so-and-so talking to us that might offer later so we're going to hold out I had a kid today tell me that he's going to wait till May 8th no matter what now his theory is that gives him one week after the portal closes he wants to just make sure he's not going to division one so a really good perspective to hear because this extra junior college layer with the portal and the transfers is not talked about that much. Interesting. And, and, and then I would throw out the last part, and I know we got some other stuff to cover that's uh, cool too, but uh, with us, another big element is we may not have some of the, the monies that other places have, scholarships, whatever, whatever. We could cry all day like every coach does and you hear about. But the one cool thing that we do is we do summer school here. And in junior college, if, if you're in school, you get eight hours a week that you can practice as, as a team together. And uh, so we use that summer a lot. So with us, we put a little heat to try to have our team signed before the middle of May. So therefore, they can all get into summer school. If it's someone who's coming to play right away, if we project them in that top 10 or 12, we're trying to get them in summer school, you know, with, you know, all means necessary because we feel like that gives us our one advantage that we have in our opinion. And uh, that's been real. Have that, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's been real sure. good to us. Mm -hmm. So that means adds a little pressure like the guy today telling me May 8th, that means that gives us about, if we wait, that gives us about a 10 day turnaround. If it, if he were to say, I got the offer I wanted, I'm not coming to your place or whatever. You just deal with a lot of different things. A lot of balls in the air during this time of the year. Bowls right behind you. I uh, see the little courts from the final four. I did pick up your NABC bag and right, there we go. made sure to get a little extra court for you so you can add it to your collection. But Love that collection is going to be uh, on a different bookshelf next year. You want to tell us a little bit about your most recent news and then we can look back at your season? That's right. Yeah, we uh, after uh, after being a head coach from 2006 to 2021, uh, took a a couple year hiatus, I guess, and uh, stepped back a little bit and um, was an assistant coach these last couple years and uh, 
enjoyed it, but uh, this spring was able to to get another job, um, staying in the same area, but I'm going to be the head coach at Denmark High School. Um, Denmark's a new school in Georgia, built in 2018. Um, so not a lot of history, but it is good history what they've had. They've, they've done a very good job, um, you know, as they started the program. Um, but it's, it's in Alpharetta. It's a 7A school, so largest classification. Uh, we'll be in the same region as where I'm currently right now, so that'll be into some interesting rivalry games right off the bat. But uh, it was a great opportunity for, for our family um, to be able to get back into it and not have to move. And, and you guys know with, with coaches, and we talk about it on here all the time, of moving families and changing things uh, to be able to get a new job, you know, back as a head coach, not having to move, kids' school not having to change, all those great things that um, that can be a challenge for coaches. This was just one that checked all the boxes, and, um, and we're super excited about it. So, Bowles, i got to ask the question that I think everybody asks a head coach after he goes to be an assistant and then comes back to a head coach, but I do think it's something we all want to know. Is there one thing that after being an assistant now that you're going to do different or more points of emphasis on because of your time as an assistant? You know, I think more than anything, the break lets me kind of reflect on what I did as a head coach and, and kind of some of the things you didn't, you, you go back and you, you get a chance to kind of redo them and say, mm -hmm. well, man, I, I didn't like the way we did this. I'm going to adjust and do this. Um, I think the best part about being an assistant at this point in my career was I feel like I was really able to help the head coach because I knew the things that head coaches were struggling with. And, and you guys have always had that. Like when you're assistant, you know, when you have a young assistant who works hard and does all that, they, it's hard for them just to pick up things and do them. And I felt like as an assistant, I was able to kind of say, hey, coach, I got it. Don't worry about it. You know, things that we knew that, that, that people struggle with. Um, but then for me getting to sit back as an assistant, honestly, it, it just kind of reinforced that uh, uh, love for the game is not the right way. So we've never, I've never lost that. Um, but I think it was kind of a focus of man coaching basketball, you know, as a head coach, I think you so, so often get stuck in the administrative side and get stuck in the, you know, so laser focused on every other thing you have to do that you're, you're doing basketball that three hours on the court. And I think this kind of reinforced mine that, Hey, no matter what, you know, the basketball is the most important part. And that doesn't mean you're not going to handle all the, the other things that we know we have to do. Um, but I think knowing that, Hey, basketball is what we get to do. And that's, that's something as a head coach, I kind of lost at the end. I was, I was felt like I was almost just an administrator and this little stint as an assistant, I think got me back that, you know what, when I'm going back, I'm, I'm, we're getting after it on the court. Um, and that's been something fun for me. One more thing. I know sir will have a question, but, one more with, with your family, your son, does he, does he remember when you were the head coach? I know he's younger. Does he remember? He does. He was, he was seven my last year as a head coach. So he, he knows it, but it's not, um, he's not as connected as he is now. Yeah. You know, I think so he'll, now he'll, he'll, he'll be way more in. It'll be awesome. Yeah, and, and he's even been at a point these last two years where he's been able to keep stats on the bench and things like that. And mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's now it'll be, there's, he asked me different questions now than he did the last time, which are good things. I like it. When, when we do the editing here, you're going to have to send us some pictures of Brooks on the bench with his clipboard <laughs> from all. the last couple of years. Hey, I was going to give you a hard time that uh, on the Off the Beaten Path podcast, this is not your introductory press conference. You had all, you checked all the boxes <laughs> of your press conference there as you, and my gonna family, play this is a good move for us. Yeah, in the last <laughs> like, we're going to play the right so way. We're going to play fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll um, return all shopping, all shopping carts and your bench will be clean and locker room after every game thank you sir and then we'll uh, right. we'll talk about our culture as well so there you go there you go check ding 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 we got it and all my players will put their shopping carts up too um <laughs> but but how did that go down have you met with the with the new team? Did you meet with the old? What were those two moments like as the assistant coach, which is a little different than the head coach? going out um, and the head coach coming in, have you had those moments to communicate and how were they? How did you handle those? They were good. It's, it's a, uh, and you guys know this and, and really at any level, high school especially is there's so many things you have to wait on. You have to, you know, you accept the job and they say, okay, great. We're excited to have you, but Hey, you can't tell anybody. Um, you know, you got to wait on board approval. You have to wait on those. So that kind of 
quells a little bit of the excitement where, you know, my son goes, uh, dad, can I, can I tell somebody? And I'm like, nah, man, like, you gotta wait, you gotta wait. <laughs> and uh, he's like, can I just tell one person? I was like, all right, dude, tell one person. So he comes back from school. He's like, dad, I told four and a half people today. So, <laughs> so I didn't, I don't, I don't really know how that goes down, but, um, but no, it was, and you guys know this, there's never a right time to make a move. Um, there's kids here that I really care about that. It was hard to talk to them about it. Even, you know, as an assistant, you sometimes have a different relationship than the head coach. So it was kids that, you know, you spend a little bit more time with in your small groups and stuff at practice. And, um, so those are tough conversations, but they, they get it. They, they're very, you know, the parents and, and the kids here have been really good about understanding, you know, the move. Um, and on the other side, it's, it's, so it's a whirlwind. It's, you know, met with a group of returning players last week, uh, met with the booster club, meeting with some parents and players tomorrow night. Um, it's just, it's kind of that whirlwind of getting everything ready. Um, Cause just like Corey said, we're in the same boat in high school now is we, we pretty much have to go full on in, in June with those right. new open periods. So we have to, you know, get a, you know, identify a group of kids. We have to put some system stuff in, um, have enough stuff so we can go out there and play in front of college coaches and, and look like we know what we're doing um, after, you know, a week or two of practice. So it's, it's a very, exciting time it's a very crazy time um we are <laughs> we talk a lot about you know in high school we're not football coaches i've had like three football coaches ask me so hey coach when do you start so, well, next year <laughs> we we don't we don't get to we don't get to move during the year um oh i gotcha yes <laughs> hell yeah. they're, they're, they're ready to roll they, they're taking that new job in a week um My contract doesn't start till uh, june 15th <laughs> yeah so it's so it's, it's, you know, it's balancing two jobs at the same time and um, handling responsibilities here and helping out with stuff and uh, trying to, you know, got keys last week. So that's always a big step. So kind of, I guess that kind of makes it official. Um, but just super excited. Lots of, lots of fun stuff up here. And, you know, I think Forsyth County is blowing up and, you know, in the next 10 years when there's a, an NHL arena up here and all sorts of things that I think it'll, the whole, the whole community will, be a little bit different than it is now. Awesome. Congrats. Awesome. Big time, man. We're proud of you. Let's let's shift gears now and go over to Dandy Dan Searle. Dandy Searle, Dan Searle. I hear that from uh, Gordon Gibbons is the one that goes with that line. And uh, I've actually got, gotten a chance to work with him this spring, helping out with the Redline basketball program and watching Coacher in action at almost 80 years old screaming and stomping and teaching that's an incredible combination um and uh and the welcome of the dandy dan searle as you come into the gym is always fun too that's the most recent bit but uh most of the spring has been spent i think yeah there we go we got a we got the soccer shirt on coaching some uh as an assistant with varsity soccer at westminster and in the middle of the playoff run now, we'll see how we can go. We had an exciting one last week with a double overtime and PK shootouts to beat defending champ Southeast Whitfield. But coaching soccer and basketball over the year has been really, it's, it's fun to find the things that go with both sports or from one sport that you can carry over to the other. And the pass and cut and the movement that we've taught in motion in basketball for years if you can get soccer players to understand that in a bigger space and passing the ball into space, it's a, it's a hard skill to get, but it does carry over and makes a huge difference. So it's been, it's been fun with a crossover. I got to say. And Cyril, you also announced some games uh, this year as always uh, and help, help broadcast some games, I guess I should say, not only at Westminster, but also during the uh, state tournament. Tell us a little bit about that before we move on. Yeah, for sure. The WCAT program at Westminster is our student broadcast program. So we've got kids who come up on both the tech side and the announcing side. A few of them are off doing Georgia Tech baseball and Washington Lee and VMI games right now. And <laughs> um, then we also get hired to do the some of the state games for football in the fall. And then it was a uh, this uh, late winter into basketball season, we call the 7A finals, sem semifinals at the new Georgia State Arena. And that was fun to watch the Norcross and the Wheelers and, and Grayson going at it there. Some really good games. And awesome. fun to be calling those games with a couple of high school kids who are prepped and ready and know their stuff. That's awesome. 
Uh, and that's really takes us to where we're at now. So you kind of, uh, you know, got us here, you know, really, uh, took a brainstorm that, uh, I had and, uh, you made it into a reality of this show. And now we're talking about it, uh, 44 episodes in we, the Hank Aaron show here, the 44th show, and we're going to keep swinging and keep going and, uh, you know, and keep with it. So, uh, as we kind of start that, let, let's think about some of the shows. I know some of them have been me and you, some of them have been me and Bowles, some of them have been you and Bowles, some of them have been, you know, all over the place. We've had three specials. We've had 40 regular shows. We've had three seasons starting our fourth year right now. Uh, what, what are, what are some of the, the shows? I know we don't want to single out too many guys and leave guys out, but what are some of the things you think about, uh, yourself, sir, when you look at this? A, did you think we'd still be going? And B, what's a, what's some memories you got? Well, I'll start with the whole purpose. Your idea, the off-the-beaten-path name is so intentional. There's so many great stories as you sit around at the Final Four and just talk about, and then I went here, and then this happened, and these people came through, or you tell stories about the Final Four. Um, but that's what off-the-beaten-path is. It's the JUCO levels. It's the high school levels. It's some of those JUCO high school guys who make it to the highest levels. But it's not your people on ESPN getting all the, all the pub and all the coverage. But the stories are as good, if not better. And this is a platform for that. It is just, it's fun to listen to. And as we were getting ready to tape this show, we talked about that opportunity to connect and reconnect. Um, part of our intro, it's real, right? And you listen to people tell where they've been, how they've been there, how they've made decisions. And it affects you and helps you and wants you to do things, makes you do things a little differently sometimes. Um, and that, that sounds vague, but we can get to some examples on, oh, because I heard him talk about 12 ways to press, now we were able to press every time with our team. That's a, a basketball piece or how you handled uh, an AD that was difficult. Oh, that's a really good way to approach the human side of it. So a lot of that all comes together and I'll talk about a couple of uh, the favorite guests or those moments here as we go forward, but let's hear what Bulls thinks first. Yeah, I'm the same as you guys. I think the relationship piece is so big in basketball and you get the, you know, the why do you coach type of thing. You get the stories from these guys about why did you turn down a job making money to go, you know, coach for peanuts to start. And that, that's a, to me, that's one of the things as I'm sitting here trying to assemble a staff, you look at the number of dudes that have been on this show that started coaching for $2,000, started coaching as a volunteer, started coaching when they had another job and, and just, that love they have for basketball. And, you know, one of the ones and I'll go ahead and get him out there already. You know, we had Austin Kelly on um, last, mm -hmm. last spring. It was about, about a year ago. Austin was a high school assistant football, basketball and track coach at Kell High School. And now he's an assistant with the Connecticut Sun and the WNBA. Um, you know, and it's, it's a relationship thing and it's a relationships that Austin built over the years. And, you know, for, for me, have, that's a guy that played for me, just seeing those things that it makes you realize how small of a world basketball can be. Um, and honestly, like, regardless of how much money we make, if you're the, you know, the guys making millions or the guys making hundreds, um, we're all in the same job. And I know that's crazy to sound, but like, man, we're all coaching. And when you hear their stories or their issues, we, we all kind of deal with the same thing. And I think that's what people that have talked to me about the podcast will love that they'll, oh, coach, when you talked about this, yeah, like, I know I experienced that or, you know, whether it's recruiting or traveling or, or bad gyms, like just all those funny stories that we can get. It's like, there's a connection between all of us at all levels. And this is, you know, that's what makes it fun. I think True. you, I, I'll, I'll beat the dead horse real quick. I think it's three things that I've loved. One is uh, how small basketball is, as you mentioned, you know, we'll, we'll interview a guy and before we go into the interview, sir, will say, I don't know him, you know, tell me about him or I'll say, I don't know him. Tell me about him. And before we even do the interview, we realize we do know him. We do know each other. We passed here and passed there and this player and that coach. And, you know, and it just makes you laugh. And I'm sure a lot of people that watch it think the same thing, you know, uh, and then, then the other one is what Bowl said right there as well is just, you know, every it's coaching. We all love the sport. We love helping kids. 
and using basketball as a tool, you know, not letting basketball use you type thing. And just hearing all the different versions of that is enjoyable. And then the last one for me is just the, I think it, it helps me a lot because when you're coaching, a lot of times you get wrapped up in the coaching. And when you're here uh, on the show, you remember why you coach the, the, not just the helping people and the love of the game, but the laugh, the fun, you know, the storytelling, the remembering this, remembering that, and seeing the person tell the stories and their faces light up sometimes when they go to certain things or tear up or laugh, or we've seen it all on here now. Uh, and uh, that, those are the things I like, you know, doing it. And I didn't know I would like that. That wasn't really what I was thinking. That last piece I never thought would be something that I thought would become my favorite part. How about that? Hey, and we talk about obscurity and coming out of obscurity. We're all watching NBA playoffs now, and three of our guests are in the NBA playoffs right now. You've got Kevin Young with the Suns. Uh, like they're in a pretty good spot right now. Talked to him twice. One of the, I think the second or third episode we ever did, and then followed up when they made the uh, the conference championship. Darren Ehrman, who at the time was a main Red Claws, is on the Knicks bench. Nick's looking strong, Madison Square Garden going crazy over the weekend, right? Yes, and then awesome. the bubble, the special from the bubble with John Beckett, back to video coordinator days, who's on the Nuggets bench, full-time assistant. So those are three um, fun ones to follow along with. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. You're going to go with our, yeah, our draft pick or who else? Where we got? Yes, what draft have? pick, yeah. Anthony Edwards, even though he was not technically on the show, we <laughs> talked to Ty was his high school coach and uh he's having an unbelievable uh playoff run uh even had charles barkley say he might be one of the future stars in the nba there you go and yeah. that's at the high level so and then the other one i'm going to pick uh, to kind of go back to because of a number of different pieces that fit was the story of uh we, we named it a freak nick um but nick um from atl who was uh doing strength and conditioning for the Tunisian national team as they got ready for the Euros was in his hotel room in Poland when we did the the recording. They were in there out there playing friendlies, but he talked about uh, the physical part of teaching how to move your body. And if you tell a guy to put his shoulders back, do they actually know what that means to stay vertical defensively? And some of those nuances, his world storytelling and then those little details um, it, we're really, really interesting. So if you'd want to go back and listen to something, um, Nick Gibson and that, that freak Nick Atlanta all over the world episode was one of the ones that stick in my mind. And, and I enjoyed some of the, the, um, elder coaches. I know uh, if I say older, I'll get in trouble. So I'll say elder veterans, veterans, you know, Ryan Marks, uh, Randy Lee, uh, both of their journeys were just everywhere. Uh, Dave Davis, you know, who's now with BMI, he's moved again. Uh, Bobby Champagne, who was almost one of our longest episodes. He lost out. Uh, Steve Miss is now the champ. But, uh, you know, and then the Ritter family, when, uh, you know, um, Coach Ritter pulled off his shirt to show us he had heart, uh, was classic. Coach G, another classic. Stan Jones, you know, those are all older guys. And then uh, – the Travis family with Coach Travis, uh, Milt Travis, the older spokesman. You know, those are all great shows to me, just like all the other ones. Yes, all good. We're biased. But I like those because it was a lot more, uh, you know, journey. And and they had seen a lot more than most of us have ever thought about seeing. And it was neat to, even though I'm catching up, it was neat to see uh, to see that. Uh, and then I thought it was neat doing the one show with Bowles, uh, who had worked for Helfer. And getting the interview held for who I'd known a long time. That was kind of interesting doing it from the quote, quote, interview side and uh, doing uh, A-Train, who was my replacement when I left Clayton, who was the shortest show up to date, uh, almost. And we, we, we said we'd give it to the Arrington brothers because of some technical dif difficulties. Theirs went down a little bit. Cut out the middle part of that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. as far yeah. as the talking, it probably was A Train, although his stories were really good too from your. They were. It was interesting. To to Cali. Very interesting. And, and you know, he is now out at Cali. I think at, when that show ended, he wasn't out there yet. So now he's out there seeing that. And it's just a lot of good shows we've had. I mean, 
hate to leave any out because so many of them are good. We've had some guys that were my assistants and played for me, you know, from KY to some, you know, TJ Ryans and Justin Newton and Jamie Brooks and all those guys. And they were great shows also, but uh, Ty, another guy who worked for me, you know, a lot of those guys, but again, just a lot of good shows, man. We could go on forever. I, I've really enjoyed it though. I think it's been fun. Bowles, do you have any ones that stick out in your mind before we go lightning round? I mean, I think that the biggest thing for me is, I mean, I can listen to these guys talk for five minutes and you, you have no question to why they're successful. You know, you can listen to Steve Ritter for five minutes and he controls the room. It, like we're sitting there on a podcast and that dude's got you like kind of just waiting and waiting to see what's going on. And, and it's no wonder that he's successful and his sons are successful. And, you know, I, I don't think Ryan was at, he's at UT Martin now. I think he was at Bethune Cookman at the time. Um, you know, and a guy like Jason Zimmerman, who has just killed it at Emory, which is not an easy place to win. Um, but you hear those guys and the, and the way they think. And uh, uh, it's just, it's a special group of coaches that we've had on here. And, and I hope more than anything that people that listen, they see that, like, we're talking about D2 guys, NAIA guys, junior college, division one NBA, like we've got guys from every level and, and there's a lot of commonalities between them. But I think if younger coaches that look into it and they can look at that and say, man, you know, they're all, there's, there's something the same. I mean, Joe Nyland is my all time favorite question. When we got to ask him the, the winters in Buffalo or the summers in South Florida, like that, you know, there's just some, some things that as you're a young coach thinking about getting a job, you don't think about that. Hey, do you, can you live in Buffalo in January? So, yeah, I mean, like Corey, no, there's, there's way too many. I'm, I'm scrolling through some episodes now, and it's like, you know. Hey, and we didn't even mention uh, Clint, Clint Satterfield, my cousin, and Chris Wade, who who was pro uh, some, some guy said we needed the uh, teleprompter to uh, <laughs> tell us what they were saying for those who don't know Southern slang. But uh, <laughs> I understood it well because I speak it and probably need one for me too. But anyway, I, I thought theirs was funny just seeing two roommates that, that became big into coaching, you know, it was kind of neat and their stories and their path being so different, but, but now we go to the old lightning round. But, hey, one last plug before we go to the lightning round. Um, okay. If you're watching and listening and you know of somebody who'd be a great guest, or maybe you yourself would be a great guest, let okay. us know. And I mean, this is how it goes. You're, I, I was at the final four and John Thompson from NC Wesley and said, Searle, did I do something to piss you off? Cause we'd invited him on and then never followed up. So he'll be one of our first guests for this season, for sure. You're walking around um, Lake point watching games and Billy Lapresti from SEBA comes running up. Hey, I love your podcast. I'm like, Billy, we need to get you on. So if anybody's got any suggestions for guests, um, please let us know. It is, it is wide open. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. So now into the lightning round. I've got uh, two two of my normal questions. And then I'm going to throw in a loop, a surprise of a quick one question to be three total. All right. So my, my first question is. You know, Corey uh, can never be. A, the lists never can get Corey. Like if we say two, there ain't going to be two. We know, we all <laughs> so my first would be best place you ate during this season. Whether it was with your team, your wife, yourself, recruiting scouting or just out on a weekend best place you ate this season so you want to go first you got it balls all right so i guess two two places for us i'm gonna to have to give some uh uh shout outs uh for some places up here um but for us i guess the the first one is uh and, I, and i've seen Searle here so this is a good one um Cherry Street Brewery at Halcyon up in Alpharetta. Sign me up. A good spot, good food, switching up the menu a little bit. Nice little atmosphere Rocking outside. Muscles. Um, yeah, so, so I was going muscles. I've never done the muscles, but um, really good spot to eat, um, some good stuff. And then uh, our group here, we, uh, we took our seniors the last two years um, to Cabernet Steakhouse off Windward Parkway in Alpharetta. And it's the senior dinner, and we take the kids there, and it is – steak that I couldn't afford to eat on my own so it's a uh, it's a good I don't know how many coaches I'm recommending this for but like if you got somebody paying the tab Cabernet Steakhouse and off Windward Parkway and Alpharetta is, is legit all right all right sir as I go mobile to finish the show keep, keep yep. rolling what do we got 
We'll go, we'll go lightning here. Um, uh, this is a, a family favorite. We love Bistro Nico down in uh, off of Peachtree there with a uh, favorite spot for kind of uh, anniversaries and other celebrations with the wife. I like it. I like it. How about it. you, Corey? Man, I ate a good one. We were in Rome for the uh, for a, a away game, and we were there for the uh, tournament, and we ate at Moe's Barbecue, and I would 100% give that one out if you're in Rome, Georgia. Not not in Rome, Italy. I'm sorry if I got you excited and thought I was traveling for real. But if you're in Rome, Georgia, Moe's Barbecue, got to go. Now, Corey, are you, are you a superstitious eater? If you win in Rome eating at that barbecue spot, is that where the team's going every time? I would say only if it tastes good. That's that's my only worry. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only superstition. The win and loss is secondary. But give us the gym that you went to this year and you said, ooh, this one needs to be on the podcast. I'll start us off here. And it was actually where we broadcast the 7A semifinals, the Georgia State Convocation Center. That new building is fantastic. Location-wise, right off the interstate with a view of the Golden Dome across the way. It's kind of vertical the way it's set up, so the crowd's on top of the, the court there. And it's a, it's a new spot, so everything's uh, sparkling and shiny. And they got big windows that you can see out to the, the old Turner Field one way and to the downtown the other. So that's a great place to play high school basketball, let alone for the Panthers. Yeah, I was, was going to give a, I was going to give a, a divi another division one answer, but I know it's not our style, but just a quick shout out to uh, Sanford university, the Hannah center that they play in and they've done a heck of a job there. Bucky, uh, Bucky's got those students rolling and it's a student section. It's, it's a, it's a really cool atmosphere that they've got. Um, so got to give them a little bit of love, but you know, on the smaller side, man, sometimes you don't realize what you got. And, 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 you know, in Georgia, there's a lot of small places and all, we went up one of the nicest high school gyms I've ever been in, Lumpkin County High School, Dahlonega, Georgia. That I place had a jumbotron. That place is beautiful. And, you know, just to the ambiance of the mountains and all that, it's a, it was a pretty neat place to play. Awesome, awesome. For us, I'll go other end. I thought uh, playing at Southern Crescent is always a tough place to play. Uh, it's a different – it's an old, old high school gym that they've, they've kind of saved, and it adds a different uh, element. I wouldn't say it's a terrible gym. It's kind of a neat place to play, but just a tough place to play uh, due to the, uh, you know, just it's very warm in there. I would say uh, there's probably uh, Haiti, maybe hell, and then probably Southern Crescent's arena. It may be in different order, but anyway, so very hot. And then you go to the locker room and it's very cold. So you got to kind of adjust there in a very different environment. And then the Indian River, we played down there this year, and, and uh, we were in a locker room that I thought rivaled a broom closet uh, from uh, from our uh, custodians. Uh, <laughs> element. But anyway, good good play, good place to play. Otherwise, but just kind of fun to see those different atmospheres. And then my my last little bonus question I throw in: I wanted to know uh, who's somebody we haven't interviewed that you would like to interview. Ooh, I guess I tried to. I should have I waited, but uh, we're going to get JT, John Thompson on. And uh, this is the guy that always would uh, get the phone call at the headquarter hotel at the Final Four looking for big John Thompson from Georgetown. He's like, I'm uh, John Thompson from NC Wesleyan. How can I help you? Um, so we'll he hear his stories and stories of success from, from NC Wesleyan at the D3 level for sure. That, that's one I'll put on the list. All right. Any celebrity or anything, Cyril, that you'd want to add to that? Celebrities? I'm the, right here. Corey Baldwin, Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> trips to Hutch. Well, trips to uh, uh, Denmark Danes. Let's go. True off the beat bat. I need my sunglasses on to be a celebrity. All right. So who, <laughs> who, 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 do, you, who do you have, Bowles? So th these aren't really uh, off the beaten path guys, but I, I think they're both uh, pretty good. Um, you know, the first one, I think uh, Josh Pastner uh, is just a great story of how, you know, going from a walk on to, uh, you know, the, the different stops he's made and, you know, some things with, I know his dad was a big AAU guy growing up running tournaments. I think he's got a yeah. really cool story, um, you know, hasn't, wasn't off the beaten path very long, but um, 
that's just a cool journey as you go. Um, and the other one's another one who's, who's, who's big time now, but uh, Tim Kane, who's at uh, LSU. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Tim was a college soccer player. Um, and I, maybe soccer and basketball. I know he has quite the story, but he's, he's a great guy and he's, he's been all over and, and you can look at his bio and he's, he's bounced from different places to be at LSU is, is pretty awesome. Hey, Tim Kane played high school soccer for Scott Snyder, who I'm assistant for here at Westminster. We've got a state quarterfinals tonight. Saw Tim and his daughters at the final four and yeah, we'll have to get him on. Good call. Good. I, I would throw out, uh, you know, some possible realistic ones. Uh, Richie Riley, you know, who's at South Alabama. I know he's spoken to me about doing the show and enjoys watching it. Head coach at South Alabama. Uh, I also think Jay Gibbons will be a good one. Jay will have all kinds of stories to tell. Yeah. Um, Challenges tracking Jay down. That's the hardest part. Exactly. That's a, I'll miss him at practice today, but him and what actually, we'll tell a half story there. Watching Coacher and Jay coach together is both a thing of beauty and kind of scary. <laughs> They're the the old married couple, if you will, on the basketball court, but also they know exactly what the other's going to do and play off of each other as they fire teams up and get them playing the best defense possible. It's uh, intense and amazing to watch uh, Gibbons and Gibbons basketball in action, I got to say. So yeah, Corey, Jay Gibbons and uh, Richie Riley, among others, right? Yes, and then a, a, a dream one I would love to have, uh, you know, one of the Van Gundys on. I think that would be neat and, uh, you know, could be a cool one to have. And then, uh, you know, I'd love to have uh, Dennis Walsh, Jimmy Hebron, and uh, Brandon Johnson, one of those three on here, former coaches that I played for, I think would all three be crazy guys to listen to. I've got both a basketball one and then the, the, the usual go-to, um, but the basketball one I, I need from both of you is what ATO or slob blob worked to perfection this year and talk us through it in a, in a very brief setting. There were four seconds left. We down screen to the block and hit the three in the corner and we beat who? Um, so what, what, what was one of those plays that you drew up or your head coach drew up and, uh, we should all be using. I'll go, uh, I go, I guess it's, I guess it's an ATO. I don't really know the difference in an ATO and a set. I think you can, I always wonder like, do they not run it normally? Um, but man, we had, uh, we had a series of back doors that we got people on and it was, uh, you know, we were able to, to, to pull a point guard out through a corner and get him isolated on the from the block to the, to the short corner. And he's popping out, acting like he's going to the corner and all of a sudden puts on the brakes and slams it and gets a back door. And uh, to watch that guard that's uh, just on an Island by themselves trying to guard him is, is pretty impressive, but it's a, uh, it worked a bunch and playing in the, the same region as where I'm coming from. I've already said, if I get beat on these plays, I am going to go nuts. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and you run that um, in the half court, right? That's not for Yeah, that's a little half court set, yeah. Yep. Okay. Corey, you're, you've always got a whole uh, book full of these plays. What worked this year? I think uh, one that I really ended up falling in love with that we had not ran before was a, was a, a sideline out-of-bounds play, or as, or as the cool guys uh, like to call it, the slob. We would <laughs> run uh, – we would put uh, – our downhill guard, you know, good with the ball in the corner of, of where the slob is being taken out at. And then okay. you would put a, and then you would put kind of a staggered, uh, maybe three and five together, kind of arms length apart at the three point line as it kind of turns free throw line extended in front of the slob inbounder. So you got all three of those guys together kind of in a line. And then you've got the, uh, other uh, guard who's a shooter, you hope, on the opposite block. Okay. And then as it's handed to the inbounder, we never slap or call the play. We always call it before. We always step inbounds and ask to tie our shoe so everybody gets set. And then we, as soon as we step out and it's handed, the guy from the corner went full speed off the two staggers. And you, if you okay. throw it to him, his deal is he's ISOed on that whole side to just go downhill. And if 
as as he's going off of that, the guy from the block's coming through the elevator right in front of the inbound of the two guys who were staggering. So now you have an elevator that could be hit from the inbounder, or you could have hit the guy dribbling and he threw back to the elevator. I'm going to go super I'll simple you for you. All right. Go ahead. Filled in with the seventh grade team. They didn't know their plays, even if they had some. So we had a baseline underneath. I say you're number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. That's the order that you're running in. Everybody go to half court circle. When the guy steps out of bounds with the ball, one goes, then two goes, then three goes, then four goes. Three got the layup. So just cut hard to the hoop. <laughs> See who can guard you. Usually they can't, and it worked really well. May not work at the varsity level, but the seventh graders thought I was a genius. I love it. I love it. I'm putting that one in today. Let's go. <laughs> it, as simple as it is it, it would work if you cut hard and that says a lot about basketball in general just cut Correct. hard yep balls i'll right. save the other one what's one of yours as we wrap things up here quick well, i was i mean i was getting ready for my book recommendation here i, I was i was Go ready to roll it. ah well <laughs> no, that's gonna be your question <laughs> no I'm, getting, I, I'm, I'm not taking that one from you that's you know me and Cyril never on the pod together so it's hard to, to who get it Corey always I'm always with Corey, so he gets the food question, and I got to do the books. So <laughs> I'll, I'll say the question I got for you guys, and this is, this is very generic. You can go any way you want. What's your best basketball moment from this year? It could be a, a play in an NBA game. It could be a last-second buzzer beater for your team. Um, but what's if you're watching and thinking about basketball you've watched this year, man, what's the best basketball moment? I'll let Cyril go first. <laughs> wow. Can I give you a soccer moment? Oh, I'll take it. Yes, I'll take it. <laughs> um, and it was actually on Thursday where we were up 1-0, 80-minute game for high school soccer. The other team scored with 28 seconds left in the game to send it to overtime in, in um, Sweet 16. And that can be devastating. Guess what? In the first 10-minute overtime, they scored. They're up 2-1 we should and could shut down right now. But the team kept battling, ended up drawing a PK, tied it up with 250 left in the game in the second overtime, went to PK shootout and won that pretty handily four to two. Um, but more than the actual goals and the result at the end, it was the team being able to mentally overcome, we're gonna win and oh my gosh, they tied it, we're done oh no, we're going to lose, it's over, to coming back to then finishing out in that high tension kind of PK shootout. So I've got an immediate answer just a couple of days go. ago and uh, yeah. it was quite intense and one of those memorable moments. And uh, my kid was the goalkeeper, so that helped too. <laughs> my, mine would be uh, kind of a weird one with a little bit of a, a backstory. We, we had a gentleman who was... Uh, who was going to leave us was going to be our first guy to transfer out to go to another junior college. And he decided uh, he didn't do summer with us. And then he ended up not getting what he wanted and some things went other, other ways. And uh, he ended up asking back and we had a long pause and tried to figure it out. And, and we ended up taking him back and he ended up having an unbelievable year. And I just think when, when we won the, uh, our conference tournament, uh, he come and grabbed me and picked me up, you know, and just said, man, best decision I ever made coming back here. Worst decision I ever made was leaving here. You know, it's just kind of a neat moment, you know, for him to say that. And, uh, you know, for us to be able to share that uh, moment was cool. Uh, not to get too, uh, uh, you know, Stephen Miss on us here. I might start crying on us, but that was a big, a big moment in our program probably. And, and a uh, big moment, you know, with, with me and him to share and cool, cool for the team. Everybody enjoyed it. So anyway, that would be mine. Hands down, easy. Hands down, easy for me. We know it's crazy is when I when I thought of the question, I had a different idea. I was going to talk about the the Gonzaga UCLA shot, and uh, you know, hearing you guys made me remember. So uh, this year in January, we play at Hillgrove, and uh, it was the first time I'd played at Hillgrove since 2017 when we beat them on a last second shot to go to the Elite Eight. Uh, Fast forward to this year, and this just shows you how crazy basketball is. They beat us on a buzzer beater 
from almost the exact same spot on the court, wow. the same side, everything. So the feelings of adulation we had in 2017, uh, we got to experience the same feelings here uh, the other way, um, mm -hmm. which in a crazy way, it actually propelled our team what? to the to the end for us. Uh, you know, it, it made us that that hurt and those guys crying in the locker room. It, you, you could really tell it was a breaking point in our season that kind of sent us the other direction to finish out the right way. Well, you know, uh, it's kind of funny you say that, you know, we lost, uh, we beat Highlands this year at Highlands after they swept us and they finished first, we finished second. That was eight years. It went the other way. We had swept them. We're top 10 in the country and got beat. Didn't get to go to the national tournament. They beat us at our place. So it was kind of a same story there you had. And, and I know we're taking too long, but also this year it was neat. My, my sister came back to coaching with head coach. And uh, her daughter was her assistant, and her youngest daughter was playing for her as a ninth grader on varsity. Uh, I thought seeing that when the first time I got this, it was a cool moment. And then my little guy went in the 10U uh, championship this year and telling me, uh, you know, that he thought that was the hardest he'd ever played. And it did look like it was the most focused he'd ever played. So those are some other moments that were kind of different, but uh, I'll, I'll steal the, try to steal the show real quick. Sorry. All right, go, go ahead, Bowles. You, you have another one? <laughs> That's all I got. I'm, I'm just going there. Yep. I'd say we can wrap things up here and encourage everybody to keep coming back. We're going to change our platform a little bit. And for, for Drew especially, you'll now be able to listen on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, not just on YouTube. So we've, we've heard our <laughs> listeners and we're, we're going to take that feedback and we're going to transfer our platform and make sure you can listen on multiple spaces. So I love that's it. That's about I it. Love this it. one, right, Corey? Does that, does, that, does that take us off the beaten path, though? Is that kind of a little... Mainstream? Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just uh, taking the beaten path, off the beaten path people to more people. They're still off the I beaten like path. <laughs> hey, that may be our new closing. We're taking uh, off the beaten path people to more people. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... It's been great. Have a great one. Keep listening. Welcome to season four, everybody. I'm Daniel.